1: Say hey. She will she holds. Zamoloy, Kin
2: Shaba sne came love hoy lekhodoydi li glass callo bene shaba Sha i i no.
3: Mi shesha hayim, I'm <speaking in Hebrew> I'm in I end of I'm in I'm mi bifnin, Ribona Olamim, Matsatis de Miling, Sheyehudi Momrimbechol Mako. Almashik Varaya, ma shot do Karaha, lo meshaneki zetamid ye na I'm not going
4: All right. Are-
0: Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, it's J.M. in the A.M. Hello, hello, how's everybody doing? First regular Friday in a while. <laughs> Last Friday was uh, Cholomoed, previous one between uh, Yom Kippur and Sukkot. Before that, Erev Shabbos Shuva. Seems like this is somewhat of a quote-unquote regular Shabbos. Not that there's such a thing, of course, but you get what I mean. It's Friday on this October 5th, the 26th of Tishrei. Good morning, everybody. Erev Shabbos, Parshas, candle Candlelighting in New York, 6-11, our official Candlelighting time, 6-11 officially. Uh, we'll bench Rosh Chodesh, Mara Rosh Chodesh, Mar Cheshvan will be Tuesday and Wednesday. It's going to be a busy week with Torah reading every day between Monday and Thursday. Uh, Tuesday and Wednesday is Rosh Chodesh, a two-day Rosh Chodesh. Again, we'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Monday is Columbus Day for many, a day off. Not for us, of course. We'll be in Israel we're broadcasting from Jerusalem. We have a very, very impressive guest list. Bali Ayan Hara. I am proud to say, a very impressive guest list. In fact, um, if you go to Nachum Single Network page on Facebook, we've already revealed some of the names who are going to be joining us at the Inbal Hotel at the uh, at the broadcasts Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We've already announced that uh, Ambassador Danny I Alone. Ambassador uh, Michael Oren, uh, Caroline Glick, John Medved, all confirmed guests to this point um, uh, for our broadcast from Israel. And uh, that list continues to grow. More and more people want to be included. A lot of people that we've asked to be included, that we'd like to have included, uh, are agreeing to uh, stop by. And it should be a very, very interesting few days in the Holy Land. So, again, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, our JMN broadcasts emanate from Israel, from Jerusalem. I have a feeling that um, Miriam Wallach will do her show, That's Life, from there for next Thursday. I have a feeling that we'll probably live lunch, uh, pre-record a live lunch from there. I have a feeling that Naomi Nachman, who I am told is likely to be spotted at the Inbal next week, <laughs> she will likely record a show there. So we have a lot of stuff going on network-wise in Jerusalem Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of next week, and we are very much looking forward to it. Should be a lot of fun and should be a very, very interesting programming. 63 degrees outside with partly cloudy weather and a high temperature of 70. Then tonight, mostly cloudy and a low of 61. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high is 71 degrees. Yerushalayim right now at 78 in New York. We're at 63 here at JM in the AM. Shalom done by Miami. You heard Yaakov Shweki with Tabach and Eish. Eish Ischail with Shim Kramer, Likrat Shabbat, Shlomo Katz, Ohad with Levado, great brand new song, by the way, really a great brand new song uh, from his brand new album, and the Regesh Modani opening things up, as you would suspect, and we say welcome to a Friday Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Plenty more coming up. Our right, David Heber is going to join us. We'll talk about the uh, 5779 calendaric Trivia. Malcolm Honlein at 7.40 this morning with the weekly update. Plenty to talk about, that's for sure. Um, 8.15, Rabbi Yudin about Parsha's Bracious. We'll close things out at 9 o'clock and, of course, continue with amazing and incredible programming all through the day here at the Malcolm Siegel Network. So get ready, everybody. It's Friday. It's exciting. Here's Yehuda Green at JM in the AM. <laughs>
5: مش عم نشي
3: جديد مش Miss Shalom, atir et bala, kam esimcha uvetzahulah, tochemunei am segula, segula, boi ve-shalom kana cambe simha o vet sala am segula am segula i Hello Shadow I know.
0: J.M. in the A.M. Yachat is right. The New York Boys Choir. Amram Adar with Bowie Kala. You heard the Yedidim Choir off Shire Pinchas with Good Shabbos. Bowie Kala done by Micha Gamerman. Shal in there with Yibane. Yehuda's Nigun. That was Yehuda Green. And, of course, Miami had Shalom. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos Parshas Bracious, Candle lighting in New York, 611. Rabbi Heber joins us 15 minutes from now about calendaric trivia for the brand new year, 5779. Tuesday and Wednesday is Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Tuesday and Wednesday, Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan. We broadcast from Israel, from Jerusalem, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored <laughs> digital radio. Around the world in the web at on the NachumSegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Galetzal in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for our Friday, follows next. We say Boker Toe from
6: JMN. באוסלו הוכרזו הזוכים בפרס נובל לשלום, פעילה יזידית מאיראק ורופאי נשי מקונגו. נדיה מורד בת 23 שנחטפה לדי דייש בצעירותה, זכתה בנובל על מאבקה להעלאת המודעות לרצח העם היזידי. מורד ביקרה בישראל לפני כשנה וקראה לשחרור היזידים שנותרו שבועים בידי ארגון המדינה ذوك حيوانات يشتريها
4: بثمن غالي ف يعني كان يا بعض منهم هدايا يعني البنت اللي ذبيه ما كان عندها اي قيمه يعني اكو منهم ينطوها بلاش اكو منهم بعشر ورقات دولار اكو منهم ورقتين دولار يعني مثل ما هم يتفضلون
6: חיות נמכרות במחיר יקר, אבל ליזידית אין ערך, סיפרה מורד בריאיון לכתבנו ג'קי חוגי והוסיפה. הם העבירו אותנו מאחד לשני כמו יש הנמכרו בשני דולר, יש דולר, איך לצד באפרס דניס מקווגי, רופא נשים מקונגו שפעל שיקום עשרות אלפי נשים קונגולזיות שעברו אונס. במעון ראש הממשלה בירושלים נמשכת חקירת ראש הממשלה בנימי נתניהו החשוד בעבירות שוחד, מרמה והפרת אמונים. זוהי חקירתו ה-12 של נתניהו, והיא מתמקדת בתיק אלף תיק המתנות, ובתיק אלפיים העוסק בקשריו מוזס, העמוצי לאור של ידיעות אחרונות. החקירה צפויה להימשך ארבע שעות. כתבתנו לענייני משפט מוריה אסרף מציינת שביום ראשון ייפתח משפטה של ראיית ראש הממשלה שרה נתניהו בפרשת המאונות. סוללן, בין 45 תושב נס ציונה, טבע למוות באזור חוף פלמכים, זאת לאחר שנלקד בין סלעים בעומק מטרים. מתנדבי יחידת של זקה משו את גופתו מהמים. ובבת ים פועל בניין כבין 30 נפצע בעינוני, כשנפל מגובה 4 מטרים, הוא פונה לבית החולים וולפסון בחולון. עיריית בני ברק נגד הרכבת הקלה. תאגיד המים העירוני חזר בו מהאיום לנתק את אתרי העבודות באיר מהספקת מים בגלל העבודות בשבת. כתבנו לעניינת החבורה גל חן.
2: בתום דיון בין כשעתיים בבית המשפט המחוזי בתל אביב הודיע התאגיד כי הוא לא יממש את היום. לטענת חברת הרכבת הקלה נטה להפסקת זרם המים תיה פגיעה אנושה בהמשך העבודות. וכי עיריית בני ברק מתנכלת לה. לפני כשבועיים קבע בית המשפט כי עבודות אלו אין פיקוח נפש וחייש יש להם שיכן.
6: מזג האוויר מחר צפויה התחממות ויהיה חם מהרגיל בעונה. אלה חדשות שעורכת, אינבל אלבז.
5: nasa askara lo eskhli law benadam mishu o
7: eloy kho bkol bkol vokh afto o kaynu ash
4: Yes, she Easily, easily.
7: Tono toy, vow.
4: Echli, echli, veis que no ousai. Moishé, moishé,
5: Matti made lesh shamati Sakhali
0: JM and the AM. Simcha Liner, Sheshamati. You heard Moshe before that with Ari Goldwag. Great song. Great Arab Shabbos selection off the album Lo Nav Echad Hashem, that was Chaim David Burson from the album Ten Lanu Chaim. Friday morning broadcast Arab Shabbos Parshus, Bracious. JM and the AM. Good morning, everybody. Rabbi David Heber is standing by. He'll be with us in a second. We'll do some 5779 calendaric trivia. Erev Shabbos with candle lighting in New York, six eleven on this Erev uh, Shabbos Parsha's bracious Don't forget, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we broadcast from Jerusalem. We'll be at the Inbal Hotel again Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. They will be our home base. We'll explain the genesis of this entire trip early Monday morning, so make sure to be tuned in. And... Um, and we'll, again, broadcast Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from Israel. Looking forward to an amazing array of guests. Those of you who are on the Nachum Siegel Network Facebook page have already gotten a taste of some of the people we're going to be speaking to in Jerusalem. Rabbi David Heber is the Rabbi of Kahal Avas Israel Tzemach Tzedek in Baltimore, Maryland, and a Kaschus Administrator at the Star K Kosher Certification. And for our purposes, he is in charge of the calendaric Trivia Department at JM in the AM. Rabbi Heber, a good yard to you. Welcome back to JM in the AM.
8: Thank you, a good yard to you and all your listeners. Hope your yontifu went well.
0: Yeah, thank God. Quite a distinction to be the uh, director of calendaric trivia for oh, JM Yeah, in the wow,
8: AM. <laughs> that's a, a promotion. Thank you very much.
0: <laughs> First of all, I, I thought of you early this morning because we have one of those unique weeks coming up. Where we have Torah reading Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, or as my kids would say, not not the most exciting week for them going to school. Well,
8: <laughs> well, you know, you know. Actually, my son pointed this out to me. One of my 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 son, my oldest son, pointed out to me. You, you know, we never go three days without laning, Right. That have right. uh, right. learned out um, by Mara that uh, Kalais, uh, the Jewish people it was no good at the time, and therefore they said we have to. We have to lane at least every three days. So that's right. what happens. We lane Shabbos, Monday, Thursday every single week and sometimes more often. Right. Since before Rosh Hashanah until next Monday, so from the Thursday before Rosh Hashanah until next Monday, which is a total of 40 days, we have never gone more than two days without laning. Nice. Very good. Yeah, good the other day because you had Rosh Hashanah and then you had Yom Kippur. And everything fit in there, to, and of course we landed many times. Good in way a row. to
0: good way to start the year, huh? Absolutely. I also, th- I also, th- I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I get very excited when we start talking no, about this no. stuff. <laughs> I also meant to tell you uh, that I thought of you when I made the proclamation. I don't remember if this is exact, but I think it, I, I, I think I've got it right. Uh, that starting era of Rosh Hashanah, I think it was starting Erev Rosh Hashanah. Maybe it was starting era of Kipper. I think it was starting Erev of Kipper. Um, 19 out of 26 days were either Chag or Erev Chag, and also Shabbos or Erev Shabbos for that stretch of time. Could you imagine? In Chutzlaritz. Wow, in yeah. in Chutzlaritz.
8: Sounds, sounds right. I didn't count that up but yeah. because he had so many... Uh, I think it was 19. 19- Kiddush, <laughs> in a row. Every, every <laughs> night was another... <laughs>
0: I think it was yep. 19 out of 26. So for people who are wondering why the last month has been a little difficult or a little a bit of a wipeout for everybody, that could be one of the reasons, frankly. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to check with you before we get to 5779 is I learned two things. I shouldn't say I learned. There were two things that happened over Yontif now, Shmini Atzerah Simchus Torah, that I wanted to clarify with you. The first is, and you're, you, as as I know, because this is how I met you, I know you're a professional gabai, right? By nature, you're a professional gabai. Um, and... And the question arose on uh, Shabbos Cholamoy. Yeah, this was in Shmini it or Shabbos Cholamoy. On Shabbos Cholamoy, do we say Bishkus um, Haregel and do we say Vizakeil Haregel on Shabbos Cholamoy or not? Okay,
8: so the, the it seems to me the minig, as far as the have is concerned, the brachas is the different. The difference between Cholamoy, Sukkos, Cholamoy, Pesach, right? And that kind of regulates the whole morning to a certain extent because.
0: Um, On Pesach, we, Shabbos, Holomai we would only say Mikadash Shabbos. On Sukkot, we would say Mikadash Vaz- Shabbos Yisrael HaZmanet.
8: Exactly, right. right. So, uh, now, you, you're saying as far as the Mishaberech or as far as the Baruch HaTorah? Mishaberech. Mishaberech. Oh, the Mishaberech. Yeah, you could say Regal, because Holomai really is still the Regal. I think Dominic would be to say that. Including Pesach? I think so, yeah. yeah. No, that would not be regulated by the by the HaTorah, because... It's still a regular. You're still leaning, right? That's,
0: exactly. No. That's what I thought because because yeah. people were objecting and saying we should just say lechvora Shabbos. And I'm like, why? Why would we not add lechvora regular on Shabbos? Yeah, is definitely real.
8: I, I would agree with you on that one.
0: Thank you very much. Okay, that's I number think, one. Yeah. The second thing which I never had heard before, um, we were I, I was listening in as people were deciding on Shemini Atzeres who to give alias to in shul, and one of the veterans of the shul said. That the minig is that anybody who gets that 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 only people who say yisker get an aliyah on Shmini i That only never heard that you never, never heard that, heard that right? That's a big and and they said to me that it was it was sort of like a yard site thing that because we say yisker that day any day you say yisker you should give an aliyah to people who say yisker. I'd never heard that. Never before. heard that.
8: I never heard that. That's that. Uh, yeah, the only the only thing you have is on a fast day. Of course, people you only give people fasting. Right because that's uh, a general, I mean, there's some exceptions, and but in general, you say only people fasting on a a fast day. But as far as that, that's- that's, uh, Unusual, right? Yeah, that's stretching it, I think.
0: All right, everybody, David Heber's with us. What can you tell us about 5779? What is unique, if anything, about this year?
8: Okay, so some of the unique things we've had, and some of them are actually sort of new. So some of the things we've had, of course, First of all, it's a leap year. It's the first leap year of the nineteen year cycle. Wow. Um, we have a nineteen year cycle. This now we're, we've begun the third year, which is the first of the leap years. But not only is it a leap year, which makes it long because Cheshvan and Kislev are both thirty days. It is the longest possible year, which is three hundred eighty-five days that we have. And of course, because it's a leap year, on Tuesday we begin in, in Rishchaydish and in Musaf. We'll say Pasha. Right. Um, so what also happens because of that type of long year is we re- we're we going to repeat days. And we've been doing a lot of this over the last uh, 10 years. But we- we- Pesach, let's say this coming year, is going to be Shabbos like it was this past year. Purim's right. going to be Thursday like right. it was, it was Sunday, etc. So we're going to have this repeat. And this is really interesting. It's the last repeat year. of It was a 10-year cycle that we're finishing where we actually... It was an interesting combination here, and that is you had Pesach starting back in 2010, if you just look at the days of Pesach, you had um, Pesach was um, Tuesday, Tuesday, Shabbos, Tuesday, Tuesday, and then it flipped. Then it's Shabbos, Shabbos, Tuesday, Shabbos, Shabbos. <laughs> now we're at the end of that Shabbos. What we're going to have now, coming up very soon, um, starting in 2021. We're going to have four years in a row where Pesach is on four different days in a week. Wow. Right? So it's just going to go back. So, so in 2021, it's going to be on uh, – Pesach is going to be on a, on a Sunday. And then it's, we'll talk about that when that happens because that will be a big one. It's yeah. And, know, Pesach,
0: and not only will that be a big one, but that will be one of those times where because it hasn't happened in a while, there are going to be a lot of Jewish kids out there who, don't, who won't realize that that Erev Pesach could be on Shabbos.
8: Exactly, like in 1974 when we were kids. It happened in 20 years. And that's, exactly, was that's exactly what I'm <laughs> thinking.
0: And by the way, I, I'm sure you know this, but I'll just mention it. Once it happens in 2025, it doesn't happen for another 20 years. Right. And that's, that's right. really so we, going be- to be.
8: We're going to have to write those articles and make sure they uh, <laughs> they get saved. Now, some <laughs> other interesting things that are a little bit hasn't really happened. First of all, we have um, we're gonna have an interesting cycle coming up of. The longest berachas Mazin we're gonna have this year, which is, of course, Chanukah, uh, right. uh, Rishchayish, Shabbos. So you're gonna have Shabbos Rishchayish Whenever Chanukah begins on a Monday, so then the sixth day of Chanukah and the seventh day of Chanukah Rishchayish. So the sixth day is Shabbos. So you have the longest berachas of course, which is Alanisim Yalvivah or Alanisim B'tzei and Yalvivah. We're gonna have that. Okay, there's a little bit of feast or famine here, because we're gonna have it in 2018, we're gonna have it in 2019, then we skip a year, we're gonna have it in 2021 and 2022.
0: Another so one, of have, another one of those two one two. Uh, it's setups, gonna happen a man.
8: lot. Uh, this, but then we're gonna have a drought. It's interesting. I, I just looked this up, and, and in honor of the show, I looked uh, looked at this. It's between 2025. It's gonna happen again. It won't happen for 14 years. Shh. So enjoy that, because you've got a bunch of them, and then it just stops. And, and again, that drought, the last time we had such a drought, was between 1805 and, and 1819. And again,
0: at that time, there are going to be a lot of teenagers who won't realize that you could take out three Torahs and have Shabbos Chanukah, you know, together with the Rosh Chodesh.
8: Exactly. So here we're going to have, uh, I guess you could call it, three three sifrei Torah three times this year.
0: Uh, well, the, which, the one you just mentioned, I'm trying to think what else. Exactly.
8: Well, we just had Sifre Torah. Right. And the Shabbos Ha-Chaydash will be Shabbos Rosh
0: So it'll be three. We'll take out three separate Torahs then. You just answered a question that I was asking on Matzah Yantav on Tuesday night because the third Torah in our shul is so heavy, we try to avoid using it. <laughs> so, so I asked the question, when's the next time we need three Torahs? Now I know. Now I know okay. that Hanukkah, we're going to need three Torahs.
8: <laughs> That's right, 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 right. Absolutely. We also have this year the most filas possible in a year. So it's a good year to daven.
0: Because it's 385 times the number of
8: 385 seals. plus, not always, it's 385. That certainly helps. So it's, it's 1,247 seals that we have, which is the maximum you'll ever have in a year. In Eretz Yisrael, it's 1245, and that's, that is the maximum, and that only happens in Eretz Yisrael in this type of year, where you have uh, Rosh Hashanah on a Monday, and you have uh, you know 30 days of Cheshach Kislev, and, and um, Pesach on a Shabbos. Um, let's well, see, so what else do we have here? Why
0: a difference between Israel and Chutzlaritz? Oh, because well, they,
8: have, they have less, because they don't have, Tim Chutz they didn't have a musaf.
0: Ah, uh, right. And the second day of Shavuot, they don't have a musaf. Right, right. That's right. two,
8: and now the last day of Pesach is a Shabbos, so they'll get a Musaf anyway. Right, right. Oh. A different Musaf.
0: Right, you said different Musaf than ours.
8: <laughs> you, ever go Yontif, you ever go Yontif to Teret Yisrael? I certainly have, thank God. Oh. So, so, I always, you know, when you're there this year for Pesach, it's a, it's a mile in a
0: because it's, it's... Everyone's got to be Pesach, right? Everyone,
8: everyone is keeping Yontav, so right. it's a little bit easier, although there's an interesting question that pais can speak about, if you're there, can you have, now an Israeli can't make Kiddush for you, because they're going to make only for Pesach.
0: No, they're going to make, make only for Shabbos. Can you make for them. They're going to make only for Shabbos.
8: They're going to make only for Shabbos, I'm sorry. They're going to make it for Shabbos, and you're going to make for Pesach and Shabbos. Right. The Shilohs, can you make Kiddush for them Friday night? Interesting. You're saying extra, so they say actually you could, even though you're saying extra. It's not a, it's not a half second interruption, because it's you know what it's like. It's like I make kiddush in shul Shabbos morning when we have a kiddush, mm-hmm. and and let's say someone just eats cake. If I, I make kiddush and I eat cake, and that's kiddush makom suro. You're making kiddush and then you're eating um, a, a you know a, a processed mezynus type item. You know from from the, one of the five grains. Right. And now, let's say the person across from me just ate cake, which is all he needs to eat. He doesn't need to drink wine. Right. He's yites of my kiddush. He fulfills his obligation when I make kiddush. Now, can I make, I'm going to make an ala and ala gefen. And I'm going to make a double. Ah, can they after say, bracha. can
0: they say amen to your alamichya?
8: And be yites if I listen, listening. could they fulfill right. their obligation? The answer is they could. Right. Because Even though I'm saying extra, they could. So they bring a proof from there to the case of, uh,
0: oh, very of Shabbos good. and Pesach. Very good. Plus this year, um, um, there'll be a two-day Shavuos in Israel. Not really a Shavuos, but it'll be Shabbos Sunday. And for everyone in Kutzlar, it'll be Shabbos Sunday, Monday.
8: Exactly. Right. Which means it'll be Yontif for the whole world for an extended period of time. Right. Sometimes I'm thinking, even when it's two-day Yontif, it's not that long of a time where it's Yontif everywhere. Right. Cause, but here, when you have all those days, you have... Uh, it's kedusha across the entire the entire world. Right. Um, some other interesting things. Now, Purim is actually going to may come as a. It's going to be a little bit difficult. People may not realize this. Um, the fast is going to end late because Change we, of time. we haven't really had this a lot because a lot of the Purim's we've had, had over been the early. past um, eight nine years have been a month of Shabbos, it's right. Sunday. Right. So you weren't fasting.
0: And a lot of them were earlier in the year. So they, and a they... lot of
8: them were before we changed the clock. Right. The ones that were on Thursday, not all of them, right. but a bunch of them were earlier. This year, we're going to have a Purim that's going to be, uh, I think it's um, I think it's March 21st if I'm not mistaken. Right. So we already changed the clock. And I about mean, years back, we didn't change the clock until, uh, uh, you know, I think 2007 was when they made the change. Right. So before that, Purim was always the other time. Then they made the change, and then we had Purim on Sunday, and so on. So you're going to have, you know, McGillis Esther can't start till about eight o'clock in New York, approximately. Right. So you're not going to end. People are going to eat till nine o'clock. So that's a, you know, that's a late one.
0: There have been a lot of times that, um, that I, I by a lot. I mean, more than once where Tana Esther was on standard time and Purim was on uh, was on daylight savings time uh, Thursday. Right, so so. That's
8: when you change the clock on Purim. Right. That, we
0: had that in 2017. Right. So yeah, we had that was a uh, Yoda on the watch to know exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And by the way, again, another thing that the new generation doesn't realize: not only did we always have Purim on standard time, but for those of us old enough to remember, we always had Seder night on standard time.
8: Right, that was before '86. right.
0: Yeah, so, so first they ruined our Pesach by making <laughs> us by making us start the Seder either eight or nine o'clock, and they ruined our Purim by making everything be so right. late yeah, yeah, with yeah. Oh, it, it,
8: it complicates in the morning. It's hard; you can't get an early start. Right. The only big advantage, the big is, advantage, sudas Purim. is
0: um, sudas Purim.
8: Is this man kriyashma Oh, that's what it is. Yeah, gets get, get, get very early. In fact, when I was learning in Tel Chicago, so uh, I used to fill out the times to hang up. Of course, and when we came back for Pesach, I remember this. We come back from Pesach, and it was still standard time because they changed right. the clock at the end in those of days April. before 1986. The last Sunday in April, Right. and I went to Rosh and Said, "What time should we start Shakras on Shabbos?" Now, the yeshiva started at 8 a.m. normally, and the 8 a.m. wasn't even going to make the the goings Krishna, which is the, the more lenient opinion. Right, we had to start. So he says, "Okay, we'll start 7:30." Right, to make it, and I said. 7:30. We start every day 7:30. Maybe we could do it 7:35. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Psychologically, huh? So you, saying,
8: okay, you, you, were, there, you, were, you, you said, were there. You were
0: Okay, 7:35. It'll work. You were there advocating for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Another five minutes of uh... the other advantage. I thought you were heading to was that sudas puram is uh, you know yet the pressure of, of finishing or starting before Shkia is not there. Because yes, of that's uh, true. Daylight Savings. That's true. Time. But the Seder's so late, it's so hard. Uh, yeah, I tell you, they don't realize, that's I'm really. telling you, the new generation doesn't realize that the second Seder, even the second Seder used to start at a normal time. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, yes, before. Absolutely. before but the... We
8: also have, this year, we have a total lunar eclipse. When? On, on Tu January 20th and 21st. It'll be visible to the entire continental United States. Wow. And um, that's, that's the night of Tu where what happens by the lunar eclipse is the the Earth gets in the way of the sunlight that's reaching the Moon. So, Tuvishai, you have a full Moon out. It's the middle of the month. So you go outside and you would see a full Moon, and then slowly the shadow of the Earth starts to starts to block the Moon and it gets dark. It's not as exciting as a uh, as a solar, solar eclipse, but uh, it's also not. Uh, the Gemara in also says it's not such a great. It's not it's not a good simon. But it's nonetheless a fascinating uh, sight to see, especially when it becomes total, and it's just interesting to watch.
0: What do we know? What do we know about the the Talmudic approach to um, to leap years? Is is there such a thing that it's sometimes a little bit more precarious in other years, or we don't say that? I've, I've only I've...
8: heard once. The, why do we say pasha? You know, why do we say that extra one? So really, you know, there, there are twelve statements we make. In that Musaf, when we get to that little center of Musaf this Tuesday, um, there's two. Right, there are two. There are twelve. There are twelve statements that are made. So in a leap year, we add a thirteenth, uh. which is a Lachapras Pasha. Um, right, and uh, um, you know that terminology right. that we use. If I'm if I'm saying it accurately, um, there are twelve different statements. And again, it's a thirteenth. I once heard. I don't know if this is corroborated, but it's a leap year and therefore you have you know there are more opportunities for for issues so that's why we say the uh we say the little hapras Pasha. um
0: but you've never yeah. heard that 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 a leap year is more I, I don't i want to be careful with what words i use god forbid but i don't know more dangerous more yeah. per, precarious more you never you have you've not... talk
8: about other the extra other maybe uh, maybe i'll there might be some some issues Um uh, but uh, I don't know. I'm just gonna. I'm yeah. going well, pass on that question.
0: By the way, but, somebody on our app just pointed out that that this December of 2018, and they wrote most of this in Hebrew, so hopefully I'll I'll be able to to transmit this properly. This December in 2018 is the first time in 823 years that there are five Fridays. Five. Uh,
8: that's that's something running around the internet because you're, you're always gonna have. No, that, that's something that uh, – you could have five Fridays in any month, No, any 31 but, but they're, month that begins but, on, a, but on a Friday.
0: But they're pointing out that it's the only month with five Fridays, five Saturdays, and five Sundays in 823 years. Is that possible? No,
8: but you could oh, – eh, I mean, no, because if you have any, any month that begins on a Friday, you're going to have five Fridays.
0: If it's a 31-day right? month.
8: If it's a 31-day month. So many, many 31-day months could start on a Friday. I don't, I don't know where that comes so, from. Sorry. I'll correct man. my lusher from the, my terminology. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? So those are 12 statements. Right. And then Pasha uh, is, uh, is number 13.
0: Phenomenal. Great. Absolutely excellent. One I One last thing. Oh, oh. A bonus two, point. Two last things. Yeah.
8: Tidkoscha, 16 weeks in a row. <laughs> that never <Yeah>. happens, right? From Bei to Shmini, we'll have that. But that's it's only the three psukim. Um, I actually darshaned on, on this on on, on at Shmini um where where Tzidkaska is is sad moment. Shabbos afternoon right. is sad, so we say Tzidkaska, which is which is for the Rav Shacharach says it's for because it's when Moshe dies died right. and other right and. And, but yet, on Simcha's Torah, we dance. And what are we learning? That Maishah Benu died. Right. So what's the, you know, so the answer, the basic answer, without, we, we could have your listeners listen to the old Joshua, but we'll, we won't do that. <laughs> yeah. so the, the basic answer is we we're really dancing about the, the continuity. And that that's why the Torah is about Yeshua Benun, because it illustrates the continuity. Right. So what the Simcha is, that Maishah Benu established the Torah, right. and even when he passed
0: on, it was great continuity. Yeah, I, I would, I, I, I would add something to that. By the way, that's that's why we have Colin Aram.
8: Oh, I said that. Baruch I said Simkhus is about children, and is, continuity. I mean, I memories of of in St. Louis, and and in Shul, and are just are just fabulous. And it's, it's such a kids yontif. It makes such a Impact. It's really civil stars is just wonderful. People who bypass it and you know they want to do the early deal on this. It's such a it's such a loss to do that. It's just such a beautiful yontif to, to spend and and you know especially for the children, but also for the adults um, that are there. And that's right. I, I actually said that I, I should prepare my dresses with you <laughs> in advance. You got some good insights <laughs> to add. That. But it's really children. That's why we do call an arm. It's it's just showing that this is really what's all about. Candy to the kids. It's just it's all about. You know the continuity and that the Torah
0: and, and what and, and what greater tribute to Moshe Rabbeinu than having all the kids up there, you know, during that part of the Torah. You know what I'm absolutely. saying? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I thank you so much as usual. I wish you a happy, healthy, and sweet five seven seven nine. Of course. You too. And I yeah, thank you.
8: This is, and, always, uh, this is always this is always in like well.
0: Oh, and of course, Rabbi Heber, let, let's give the official greeting now that Simchas Torah is over. I go zunt winter. All right. Of wouldn't that be the proper uh, the proper yes, phrase? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos Bracious. Take care. You too. Take care. Bye bye. There he is, Rabbi David Heber, our calendaric trivia expert, to say the least. He's Rabbi Kahal is Yisrael in Semarzedic in Baltimore, Kasha's administrator at the Star K, our calendaric trivia expert, and uh, we wish him, of course, a happy five seven seven nine. Lots of stuff. Lots of things to be excited about in this brand new year. More coming up at J M and AM, including our weekly update. Keep it right here at uh, the Nalcham Siegel Network. Yaakov Shweki, Erev Shabbos Parsha's is candle lighting at six eleven in the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh uh, tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Mar Cheshvan is Tuesday and Wednesday. My thanks to Rabbi Heber, always enlightening with the uh, calendaric trivia. And uh, he had a lot of, co- lot of cool stuff uh, this morning, that's for sure. Um, so I thank him for that. Monday's Columbus Day. Some have the day off. We do not. We'll be in Israel starting uh, Monday with broadcasts Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday uh, from Jerusalem. We'll be at the Inbal, and that's where we'll be based, and that's where our uh, mobile studio will be. And we have a very, very impressive list of guests. Those of you who have um, have seen the Nachum Segal Network Facebook page have already gotten a preview to some of the people we're going to be speaking with uh, during the week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in Jerusalem, so make sure to be tuned in. It should be very exciting every time we travel. Um, it, it's always exciting, and this time around we'll have some amazing guests and a lot of different things we're going to be exploring, so make sure to be tuned in. I want to thank our friends at JewishWorldReview.com, JewishWorldReview.com, an amazing resource to go before Shabbos and print out thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world. Check it out and enjoy. Also, our friends at OnlySimples.com will continue to utilize a lot of our content for the amazing and incredible site and news feed that they have. Go to OnlySimchaz.com, OnlySimchaz.com and um check out the uh, uh, check out their feed every single day. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations joins us Fridays for the weekly update here at JMN. Malcolm in fact was uh, almost with us last week during Cholamoid but then Baruch Hashem his family celebrated a Simcha, he wasn't able to make it Friday morning because he was there at the Simcha Friday morning. But he is back for our regular weekly conversations, and I thank him. Mr. Honline. a shanato Vat to you, and welcome back to JM in the AM.
9: Oh, good year to everybody. Let's hope uh, it'll be better and get better. Uh, we have a lot of challenges ahead, but it was a great way to begin it with the bris for David Mordechai Adest, who was born in uh, Teaneck, New Jersey. And so we were there for the bris, and Mazel tov to meet Ira and Jerry Adest. And uh, he's a very cute little boy, and <laughs> should have a long, and healthy life.
0: We just had a discussion with Rabbi Heber about um, how appropriate it is, as uh, Simchas Torah and the the final words of the Torah are read, and we read of the passing of Moshe Rabbeinu, that we have Kol Arim, all the children, mm-hmm. the, the continuity together at the, at such a highlight, such a climax of the uh, of the Shmini Sarah Simchas Torah celebration. So I'm sure, and you- the emphasis
9: we put on youth. Minu renuv Moshe Rabbeinu said, "Answer Paro, that would we'll go with our youth and with our old. He didn't say with the elderly who we so respect for first, but for the children because that's the future, and we recognize it. And the um, emphasis, even even when he talked about uh, the tribes that wanted to stay, and he reversed the order in which they set their priorities when they said, you know, that they had cattle and everything and children." he put the in his response put the children
0: first and now uh, there's so much news to discuss but that you, you raised such an important point that I got to speak about for a second and that is the uh, the obligation that all of us have that no matter what our level of expertise may or may not be when it comes to current events and what's happening in this world we have an obligation to make sure that our children are educated on these issues and they know how to respond to these issues and they know how to go out there and uh, and speak intelligently about these issues that's number Absolutely. one and and number two, and hopefully this year people will recommit to that. And, and the second thing is we have to then I- I- admire those among our uh, th- those youthful members of our community who are out there fighting the battle. You have noticed, I'm sure, that there has been some action on some of the college campuses around the United States. There there are protests, proper demonstrations that have been formed uh, in order to to protest the way some some universities are lackadaisically dealing. Uh, with those who are uh, promoting anti-Israel and anti-Semitic agendas. And we have to, again, admire and encourage the young people in our community that are fighting that battle on a daily basis. And this is happening nationwide, not just in the New York area, but nationwide.
9: Absolutely. it's, And we have to encourage others to do it. This, this challenge is only growing. And we see them increase in the manifestations of anti-Semitism. And any time there's an incident, they have to be reported. People have to take the time and then speak out, act out. Don't don't become complacent about it and just say, "Well, it's it's the way things are." No, it becomes the way
0: things are if we don't do take the proper action. Yeah, no question about it. And we have to, um, uh, like I say, a lot has happened over the last couple of weeks since we spoke. We have not spoken on the air since the uh, murder of Ari Fold. Uh, which really made an impact uh, on on so many people. And uh, I think it's proper to mention him in the context that we were just discussing because of his role in Hasbara and in trying to inform young and old around the world, both Jew and non-Jew alike, about the real situation, about what's going on in Israel. Um, His murder, I I think you would agree, um, as much as people like myself often criticize the Jewish community outside of Israel for insensitivity or not being sensitive enough um, uh, to what our – Uh, Jewish heroes in Israel, you know, go through on a daily basis. This time around, I think the collective Jewish pain, the real searing collective Jewish pain around the world was felt um, on the day and subsequently for many days till now uh, that that he was murdered in the circumstances and his heroism at the end and just the the example that he set in terms of uh, living where he wanted to live and doing what he wanted to do as so many of our jewish heroes are doing would you agree that the jewish world really responded properly so to speak in the aftermath of what happened
9: properly but it's never sufficiently when you have such a brutal murder a a terrible tragedy not just for his family and his community but he was a larger than life figure and i think it became clear You know, to to everyone, regardless whether you agree or disagree with any particular ideology, this is somebody who, until the last minute, stood up, showed the courage, even pursuing his his attacker. And um, and I hope that that it will not dissipate right away, that people understand what the challenge is to those who are... um, uh living in Israel and and especially in the Shtachim, but in general uh that when there's periods of quiet we tend to forget but uh, there are still daily incidents, and, and um uh, thank God the IDF and the intelligence units are are so effective in doing a great job but it's not flawless and it's impossible to be and so we remember him remember what he stood for and the life he led uh, but also remember for his family and for the
0: sense of loss, which can never be overcome. Yeah, the the national and international outpouring was was unbelievable in a very short period of time, with the mm-hmm. the very short Shiva before Yom Kippur, and was just really remarkable to see in many ways. And you're right, of course, uh, there's so much more to do. Um, t- t- in the aftermath of this tragic episode, do we have any evidence? Do we have any confirmation that, in fact, the the murderers, the terrorist's home was destroyed? Do, do we have any uh, evidence that, in fact, his family is receiving compensation at this point from the PA?
9: So in the latter point, in the pay-to-slay policy, which uh, Abbas continues, even when he was here in New York, to substantiate and say that he's going to continue. Uh, in this particular case, they, the the initial reports about him getting $1,400 a month, et right. cetera um we're, were did not appear to be correct yet it doesn't mean that it isn 't true now we just don't know until we get see records and stuff until Israeli intelligence is able to uh, get a better picture but they you know they, they, it takes some time until they process the you know the uh rewards that they give so it 's not that they didn't do it we just don 't know if if they're, if they're doing it now but you also have to look at the atmosphere that was created and with Abbas himself. Uh, talking about al-Aqsa, talking about, uh, I mean, making statements that were insightful, and uh, particularly about Yerushalayim, that uh, one can say this created an atmosphere in which perhaps the attacker felt justified or vindicated or was uh, incited to, to act uh, And it it came uh, shortly thereafter. It was a very interesting statement by one of Egypt's uh, most prominent philosophers, Dr. Yusuf uh, Zayden. And he he told Army Radio this past week that he wants to come to Israel to lecture where they're more interested in his views than, he says, in Egypt. And he he won the International Prize for Arabic uh, fiction. And, and here's what, what's interesting. Not only did he say that Egypt's interests dictate they should enter dialogue with Israel, which they are, but he said Al Aqsa Mosque didn't exist back then when Muhammad lived. There was no city named Al Quds, and modern teachings claiming this are disastrous. And he said Al Aqsa refers to a mosque on the outskirts of Taif, which is near Mecca. And he said that this is based on teachings um, of a Muslim historian who lived. Uh, I think a hundred years after the appearance of Muhammad, so you know that kind of story gets very little coverage. But it's such a courageous thing to say, encountering the incitement and the uh, actions, and even sometimes disappointments when we saw that the State Department did not yet lift or change the policy about um, listing people born in Jerusalem as Jerusalem, Israel. Hopefully, that that will yet change. But for now, State Department is sticking to its previous policy, despite the opening of the embassy and everything else that's taking place.
0: The uh, On the statements by the philosopher, so the then Al-Aqsa on the southern side of har would have been built, I guess, hundreds of years after the period he's referring to, right? Exactly. Wow. Interesting. Um so the pay sleigh, and in terms of the uh, the uh, demolition of the home do we know if that ever even took place or that uh we know
9: that they were there I, know, I do know that the teams were were casing the place and it was reported but I don't know that the actual demolition has taken place I've not seen any reports of it All
0: right um abbas what was what were the most outrageous things he did say at the un because the, <laughs> the, the what were some of the things that he said that were that were it, it, absurd, let's put it that way uh in, during his u n speech
9: well, frankly, I was there, and i heard heard part of the speech. You can't listen to the whole thing because it was rambling uh disconnected, disjuncted um he, he really didn 't say anything of any significance, certainly didn 't hold out any hope for peace. He was very critical of the u s critical of the embassy, critical of other things but to me what 's more ludicrous is the actions uh which he he uh, said there, and then remember that that they now ho had the group of seventy seven and uh they 're threatening to turn what is essentially an economic uh, coalition into a political um, um, front for them. But already he's gone to the International Court of Justice against the United States over the uh, move of the embassy in Jerusalem. He's also gone against Israel at the uh, International Court of Justice. He's turned it into a propaganda machine. I mean, it hasn't done that much before, but we're seeing more about how... um, they, they are, uh, he, he's using it, and it's a way of avoiding any responsibility to to create alternative um, venues for carrying on the conflict. He has made no gestures towards the U.S., although there's a lot of talks going on. There's a lot of uh, movement and uh, mo- um, uh, momentum around it, but no real progress yet. And uh, the United States said that they 're going to withdraw this because the action is based on an optional protocol in the Vienna Convention on diplomatic relations and they said and uh, I think Bolton made a very strong statement he said look it 's not a state it doesn 't have defined boundaries it doesn 't have the normal functions of government, if anything, it would say abnormal functions uh, and um, you know so that they don 't have the standing to bring the case in the first place, and the um when uh, we see also the 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 failure to act in any regard regarding the escalation of violence in Gaza to, to condemn to to take uh, necessary uh, actions and we've seen others the Iranians have gone to the international Court of Justice about the sanctions and are declaring a victory against the u s sanctions uh, against Iran when in fact it was a very limited ruling about humanitarian uh, things like medicines, uh, agricultural equipment, and they also included airplane equipment. If they knew that the airplanes, the commercial aircraft, are being used to fly troops to and the and, uh, personnel to Syria, they, they engage in military activity. The mullahs make a lot of money on the black market for the medicines that are sent in because they grab them and, and uh, you know, hold them hostage to the people to pay exorbitant amounts. And America does have exemptions already for humanitarian...
0: All right, so if the US, if the U.S. knows it's for humanitarian purposes, they're not at, at all going to hold it up. But, but, but we already do have an exemption. Right, but I'm saying if they know for, for sure, in other words, what prompted the action this week is that they are, there's a suspicion... Or it seems there may be a definitive... No, it's
9: an international court, again, demonstrating its bias. So as they do against Israel, they do here. And the... um, I mean, we're going to see a lot of actions regarding Iran in the next days. I think the government is going to be a shake-up uh, with new ministers being appointed uh, next week under Rouhani. But certainly we see the increase in stability. You see the, the unrest in the... Uh, areas of the the ethnic groups but also in the major cities.
0: Who was aggravated by a Bolton statement here in the US? Was there a reaction from Washington, White House, State Department, that would have preferred that he didn't uh, uh, be so out front or up front? Not, to-
9: not from the administration. Uh, so- of course I, I think some people, members of Congress probably will React to it, but you know we saw the group of uh, of Democratic senators, a large group, that came out against the um, uh, some of the restrictions that were placed on the Palestinian aid, and uh, including uh, Senators Booker and Gillibrand were amongst those um, who signed this uh, statement and and protest against the. Uh, um, the cuts, which are already having impact, although they, you know, he never cared. Abbas doesn't care what happens to the people. He's, in fact, being blamed by Hamas for the blocking of the fuel that's coming in, which is escalating the tensions in in uh, Gaza, and we're seeing today, I expect, uh, we will see a larger a large event. Last week, 20,000 people, again, remembering that Hamas uses this as a diversion. There were a hundred bombs uh, were thrown, and hand grenades, and and other things. Uh, though the media hardly mentions the kind of violence that is coming from the other side, and the constant attempts to break through the the uh, the border. But a lot of this is an internal battle between uh, Fatah and, and Hamas. It's between Hamas and other groups in the in the Gaza Strip, and of course uh, with Israel. And the Hamas chief just called for a ceasefire because he sees that this thing is escalating israel's moved troops to the southern border over the last 24 hours and the demonstrations inside gaza are against hamas on the border of course they're they're mobilized to demonstrate against israel uh but israel's not the culprit here i mean in and in, uh, and we know that in general this israel completely withdrew we don't even have a presence in gaza of israeli uh, troops uh, and yet, the media continues to blame them, and the international community uh, talks about it as if they are responsible for for the violence. Right, from, so,
0: so Hamas is calling for a ceasefire because they see the buildup of Israeli troops on the border, at the, and because they see the escalation, and that escalation
9: can turn against them too. At the same, we're seeing um, twelve fires a day now from and again something gets no attention from these arson balloons and uh, I saw one report intelligence report that said that there were that they're attaching IEDs uh, you know improvised uh, explosive devices to the balloons which means when they land that they do even more damage and that they once they hit the ground they explode in, and set off the fire in addition to what they do uh, along the border themselves and they're going longer distances so 12 fires a day and these do a lot of damage and yet virtually unreported but when they attack the border of Israel and Israel defensively responds
0: and people get killed. That makes the headlines everywhere. <laughs> That's for sure. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web, NachumSiegel.com, on the Siegel Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. So you have them, Hamas, um, calling for a ceasefire. At the same time, you have Abbas making what? Type of uh, plea to not plea, but you, it, what what does he want now? He wants Hamas to hand Gaza over to Fatah. Is that essentially what he's looking for?
9: He, he would like to, but he won't risk an election. He doesn't want. He can't risk, um, you know, an out uh, confrontation. They held up the salaries. They do other things in, in Gaza, and but what? Humanitarian crisis there of their making. Uh, And uh, the United States has been trying to work with other parties to to find some resolutions and and means of assistance. But this is an ongoing battle, and it and it has much broader implications. Obviously, for the West Bank, he won't have elections there because he's afraid that Hamas would win there. And we see the popularity. We see that Hamas is uh, escalating their activities and training people in the West Bank for um, uh, terrorist activities. And thank God most of them are prevented um so he, he he you see that he doesn't do anything to support the administration efforts uh ongoing efforts to try and and kick start some sort of a negotiation some sort of a, a, a process. I don't think it's it's dead at all, and I think that they're approaching it in an intelligent way that you can't impose it you can't you know want peace more than than the, the p a leader wants it. And in the meantime, you're building up uh, increasing frustration amongst the people, uh, which tends to mitigate against support for for negotiations.
0: But in trying to understand the the safety and security of our brothers and sisters in Israel, you you were in Israel a couple of weeks ago. We know the type of people you speak to. You were obviously there this summer. Is it more volatile on the Gaza border now for those who live near it or not?
9: It's ongoing. Uh, I mean, it's a day-to-day thing about whether there's more violence less violence on a particular day but I think the ongoing uh, threat is is continuing and as we saw last Friday can escalate very rapidly and and greatly uh you know 20,000 people is a lot of people and when you have a kind of extended border as Israel does it's very hard and to to, to prevent uh people from breaking through and when they're instigated as they are And mobilized as they are, and and organized, you know, with sending civilians up front because they they want them to die because they want the statistic because they think this builds up support for them. Uh, Very little caring about their own people's needs. So the um, uh, it's hard to say. I mean, if you could graph it, it probably is a steady line overall about the level of violence. It's very high. The, The the danger level there
0: is serious. A couple other things have happened, a couple other things, many things have happened since we last spoke on the air. Let's see if this if this summary is correct. Israel shoots missiles at a Syrian weapons depot while a Russian plane is landing in the area. Syria responds with anti-aircraft missiles striking and downing the Russian plane and killing 14 Russian ser- servicemen. Russia blames Israel for not giving it sufficient advance warning of the attack and claims Israel gave it inadequate advance notice on purpose, violating an agreement that it would get advance notice to protect its planes. This Is an accurate assessment?
9: Well, it, you, you saw that the reaction uh, to initially was uh, Putin tried to calm things down and, and did not put the onus on Israel. Said it was a, a, a mistake. I mean, as you know, the Israeli planes were out of the skies of Syria before they started shooting. The Syrians were shooting wildly and hit um, this uh, plane, which was uh, filled with specialists. This was an observation. It's not a fighter jet. And uh, at home, of course, this is, uh, in Russia, I'm sure, very concerning to them because of the support for, they want to maintain support for their activities there. So the military really overruled, appeared to overrule uh, uh, the president and kept condemning Israel and put demands, increasing demands, on the government to, to react. And, you know, for, for Russian governments, the support of the military is very critical. So they took this step of of the sending them the S-300, hopefully not the S-400, although they say that too, and uh, giving the control over to the Syrians, we don't know whether Russians will man them or the Syrians will be able to man these uh, the anti-aircraft system. It will certainly impinge on Israel's ability to have free um, the, the right to respond when they get, have intelligence which indicates that these um, weapons are on the move to, to Hezbollah or that uh, the Iranians are involved in various activities, not just weapon smuggling. Uh, Israel has struck over uh, 200 times. It will now be uh, much more complicated if the uh, uh, S-300, let alone the S-400, are are operational. There are reports that the S-300 has arrived. And uh, I saw that General um, uh, Votel, the head of uh, CENTCOM, the Central Command, U.S. Central Command, talked about it as a needless, needless escalation, which it is, and it will give cover
0: for Iran and Syria for all of their nefarious uh, activities. Right, but I'm curious if Israel purposely no. held back uh, advance warning to
9: Russia. No. No. Israel. First of all, the advance warning is a matter of a minute. You're not talking about, uh, and they gave him uh, more than a minute's notice uh, before they they entered the airspace. And remember, it was nothing to do. It wasn't a confrontation with Israel and right. Russia. It was Understood. the Syrians right. who just were firing wildly and right. and obviously don't know how to man this equipment. And they have uh, the S two hundred and the um, and and they hit the plane, not not Israel, but their onus has been sort of shifted Mm -hmm. uh, to Israel.
0: Uh, Has there been a discussion since then between Putin and Netanyahu?
9: Well, he wanted to go, but and Putin said no. Probably wasn't a good time for him to host him in in uh, Russia. And remember, Russia and Iran also have agendas in in uh, Iran uh, in Syria because they're economic rivals over the reconstruction, and uh, about control. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I believe Russia has to be in their interest to see Iran uh, limited and. Um, uh, and we're seeing also the Russian oil production has soared in recent months as iran 's exports have uh, fallen, and the price of course has been going up. Iran in fact, accused Russia and Saudi Arabia of conspiring to to lower the prices um, and the um, uh, to, to as their exports have dropped very significantly much more than had been anticipated. Uh, because of the sanctions against them, and we saw now India cut off all all shipments. Volvo pulled out of Iran. Uh, German banks now are almost all out. I think 80 to 85 percent of the transactions are rejected by German banks. And Bild, the major German publication, came out in support of the sanctions. This uh, while you know the Europeans are keep saying that they have uh, successfully. Uh, Sideline the, and the impact of the sanctions it's not at all true, and um, and Russia is taking advantage of the current situation. I saw that cc is going there is going to be going there on October seventeenth, uh, and we don't know the agenda. But you know, Russia always sought bases there and and wants to have a greater influence. And as they've consolidated their position in in Syria, they may be now looking on to. Um, broader areas uh, of uh, engagement in the region, and we have to be, and the United States has to be uh, very strong and, and definitive about this. Um, and you know, the United States has created this new MESA, the Middle East Security Alliance of countries, um, including uh, the US, obviously the U.S. with Egypt and Jordan and Qatar and Oman and Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, UAE. To uh, counter and to build a strong shield, I think they called it against the threats in the Gulf, i.e., um, uh, Iran, including the, the cyber attacks which are going on. You know, there's so much that hardly gets any any uh, coverage about
0: that. That group may be more effective at a peace process than the EU,
9: frankly. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. Hey, did you see that France um, acknowledged now the the role of Iran in a plot? I think that Israel uncovered, but a plot that to blow up uh, a meeting of dissidents in France, and and they pointed the finger at their intelligence, and they cut them off. They seized their assets in France and uh, those of several individuals. But that France takes a a step like that, I thought was really... Pretty interesting to, 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 and, and to, an acknowledgement. While they're all protesting that we have to keep the, the JCPOA and we have to, you know, fight the sanctions. Right. The fact is, the sanctions are working. Uh, we're seeing the impact in, in many, many areas, and that people are continue to pull out of of uh, deals with Iran. And and at the same time, we see state acknowledging that Iran is allowing Al Qaeda to operate a key network inside Iran. And they, they, uh, the State Department annual survey shows Iran as the top state sponsor of terrorism.
0: Right, Merkel seems to do the same thing, calling for the uh, sanctions against Iran to continue if necessary. Um, no, she, she's opposing the sanctions.
3: What did I have on? As the... a
9: rule, she went well. She was in Israel. She she wants to see um, the. She's part of the European where they gave the European alternative and and. Uh, Uh, other uh, steps she was in Israel's, you know, for a day. And they talked about the danger of Iran, yes, but they still have not come around on the sanctions issue.
0: Hmm, Okay. Sorry about that.
9: (laughs) Yet I should say. Because I think everybody's going to see that this is uh, the right decision and all the predictions about what would happen it's impinging and, and clearly having a direct impact on the ability of Syria of Iran and the more we hurt them the more we cut their funds the less they can do to export their terrorism and continue the the, the stabilizing efforts right now that's their priority so the money that they have is being directed in those ways and as the price of oil goes up even if their exports go down you know they still have the the income hopefully the price of oil will go down and their exports will go to zero
0: <laughs> Uh, okay, I'm trying to look up my confusion here. Uh, she did call for the. Um, uh, they supported Israel's demands to stop Iran's destabilizing efforts throughout the region and its ballistic missile program. Right. So not uh, not economic sanctions, but certainly uh, she came against down, their activities. Right. Came down strong on their military activities. It. Got it. Uh, all right, two things we got to get to, and those are the two speeches at the UN. Um, ca- can you explain? President Trump's position vis-a-vis one or two states or, or the peace process after his presentation at the United Nations?
9: Um... I think it's a consistent position uh, you know he did say in the past about a two state solution and he, he rightly acknowledged that bb and other leaders of Israel have said it, but nobody defined it and as um uh, the reports about uh, some of the comments from administration officials in their negotiations with Palestinians, that it's it's less than a state it doesn't mean we don't know what the definition is we don't know what uh what the um uh... implications would be so people can judge to conclusions. there are expressions of concern about um, about what what does it mean do we and and whether the Palestinians are really ready i think it's it 's an inducement meant to be an inducement to get uh, some sort of negotiations, then he's always said that you know that both sides are going to have to make concessions and After the Jerusalem embassy made comments about uh, putting some of the pressure on israel i don 't think that this was heavy pressure. I think that it was, um, uh, you know, an indication that, that he does support it, and I, I've known for, heard from other discussions that he has that he does uh, support it, but it's not defined, and he said that if the states want one state solution, it'll be one state. If Whatever makes them happy will make him happy, and whatever they agree on. So it's not a move to impose a, a solution uh, on, on the region, but to try to, Kickstart some sort of negotiations, which Abbas has been refusing uh, to enter, refusing to talk to the envoys, and that it doesn't serve anyone's interest.
0: Uh, And on the Prime Minister Netanyahu's speech, if uh, if my um, uh, analysis of the progression of the last couple of years is accurate, where he uh, you know three four years ago dealt with the uh, Iran building the bomb. Uh, issue and had some people interested and in others, you know, with their eyes glazed over. And of last year, he completely pivoted to what I thought was a brilliant approach, which was basically, you know, if you don't come to Israel, if you don't, if you don't acknowledge Israel's role. Uh, in terms of leadership in the world now, believe me, very, very soon you're going to have no choice but to do so, which I thought was amazing. This year he seems to be back <laughs> to, the, to the old method because he really, he spent so much time, and I think the only advantage he had is most of the country was watching Kavanaugh, frankly, because because he spent a lot of time on the minutiae and the details of what Iran is doing based on video and intelligence that Israel has garnered over what obviously is you know many months' worth of uh, of, of intelligence. Uh, what do you think of his approach and, and, and the way he was informing the world about what Iran is doing?
9: Look, he, he, it is a, a hostile platform for any Israeli leader, and especially for Netanyahu. And I think he crafted a, a speech that uh, made a case about Iran, that it's not just Israel's concern, and it's not Israel's interests along that are at stake. But when you have a country that's lying, like they do, and... That uh, I mean, we cited some of their aggressive activities and all the other things they do against other Arab uh, against Arab countries, against other Muslim countries. This is ongoing; it's day to day in Africa, in Asia, in South America, here, everywhere. It's a global danger. And he's saying, "Look now, we we brought out all of those files, which put the lie to the fact about what, how deep and how expansive the infrastructure was." Uh, and then he says, "But we also have evidence." Of the secret warehouse, and he's saying there are 300 nuclear uh, apparatuses. I guess I don't know if they're full bombs uh, or weapons. Uh, and he keeps saying to the IEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency, you got to go there and visit. You got to inspect it. You can't uh, have performer inspections. We know that this stuff is there. You got to look in the basement. And the truth is that that many of the military sites are not being inspected, and that. Uh, there's a lot of reason to be suspicious of of Iran's activities, and I think its message to the UN countries, uh, and uh, you know, it's it's a lot of it. Always, there's domestic politics or other considerations, but I think his speech was really meant to raise the alarm and to to point out that this uh, violation. He challenged, he challenged the UN, he challenged the IEA, he challenged all of them to to come forward and and test it and see whether what he was saying was right. And I don't think. That he would have made these assertions if he didn't have really hard evidence of the um, about this so-called secret uh, warehouse. Look, if he had gotten up again and made the same pitch about uh, you know the wanting peace and all that, nobody would have even paid attention uh, to the speech. He did make reference. He talked about the, the the situation in Gaza and he talked about a variety of issues. But this this is the priority threat, and I think. He he, he brought the message home in a very strong way about this. And the truth is that, that, you know, all these other speakers who came before you, did you hear anything about any of them? No.
3: I I, I had to sit sit through
9: them. Nobody listened to anything else. Nobody pays attention. The hall's almost empty, even for him. But uh, But the fact is that he made headlines, and they learned by showing a picture, by doing other things. It uh, You know, remember the cartoon that he once did at the bomb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot which cartoon it was based on. Um, all of them. <laughs> huh?
0: That's what a bomb looks like in all the cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
9: that's right. <laughs> By the, the coyote or whatever <laughs> right. um, uh, at the time. And, and you know, it does work. It gets attention. His picture was everywhere showing uh, uh, this danger. He praised the United States' his role. He... Um, uh, I think uh, and CC and talked about others and about the renewed relations with the Arab countries. That, that the, all of those right. things got very little coverage. So people can go to the uh, Foreign Ministry website, I think, and the Prime Minister's website and try to read the whole speech. It was, a, you know, very comprehensive. Well, uh, one
0: of the, uh, I mean, one of the things that I thought was great, and I was so outraged when Abbas even brought up the nation-state law, the chutzpah that he has. But he, meaning Bibi, in a very succinct way, and by the way, this will bring our conversation full circle because it's a really important paragraph for the college students out there on campuses who are looking to fight the battle to to keep in mind. He says, moments ago, Abbas, President Abbas, outrageously said that Israel's nation-state law proves that Israel is a racist, apartheid state. That was the statement. President Abbas, you should know better. He wrote a dissertation denying the Holocaust. Your PA imposes death sentences on Palestinians who sell land to Jews. If a Jew buys an apartment—and this is it. You need to know lines like this on the college campus. If a Jew buys an apartment or a piece of land anywhere in the Palestinian territories, the Palestinian who sold them that land is executed. That's according to their law. And, of course, uh, we know about, you know, pay to slay. Uh, You proudly pay Palestinian terrorists who murder Jews. The more they slay, the more you pay. That's in their law, too. And he has the right to condemn Israel's morality or to call Israel racist. It's these sound bites that are so important— Uh, for the prime minister to to get across to the world and for, like I said, for everybody fighting the battles in their own place uh, to keep in mind because that really is uh, a tremendous nerve, a tremendous chutzpah for someone to contact or to call Israel a racist state when the PA has laws like that.
9: Exactly, and Israel has uh, anything but that. And if you look at the statistics about how many Israeli, uh, Israeli Arabs and others are 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 benefiting at a thousand percent increase in those in high tech and uh, the other uh, things that that Israel does, which never gets a mention at the United Nations, except perhaps by uh, the Israeli and the U.S. ambassadors now. But the uh, you know all the debate about. Um, UNESCO, and even though they did a conference on anti-Semitism during the week, which Netanyahu did not attend, and he said he, he decided not to go because of uh, uh, the, uh, UNESCO's consistent and, and blatant bias against Israel. Uh, the, I've noted that in the last uh, 10 years, UNESCO passed uh, more than 70 resolutions condemning Israel and two resolutions condemning all the other countries combined in the world. And he said, you know, this is outrageous, and I'm not going to give them credibility, especially after UNESCO, on an issue which, you know, outrages me, and I've talked about for years, um, talks about the Western Walls, occupied Palestinian territory, the Maritz the the um, Keberachal, all of them. And he said on that basis uh, he wouldn't go, and... and you know, the U.S., and uh, there's a new leader in UNESCO, and she's trying to set a new tone, she says. But we have to see the actions, and the U.S. pulling out of, of the uh, various agencies, the United Nations, or or showing them that we're going to match our, our words with deeds, is having an impact. People shouldn't underestimate the
0: importance of, uh, of those moves. All right. Uh, and we're way right behind schedule. Enjoy Shabbos, gracious. Thanks so much. Great to reunite, and we'll speak Bezrat next week. Mm-hmm. Be Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations joins us Fridays, 740 Eastern Time for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. couple of things. Remember, we are in Israel, in Jerusalem, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday broadcasting. If we You take a look at our Nahum Single Network page on Facebook. You'll see some of the names of the people that we're going to be speaking with that have agreed to be guests of ours. Uh, very, very much looking forward to it. It's going to be an amazing and incredible j- journey. Make sure you're with us, of course, all through the entire week. Want to wish a Mazel Tov to um, Anahi Sif and to Rabbi Azriel and Leah Sif. Big bar mitzvah happening tomorrow. Shabbos Bracious here on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Mazel Tov from all of us here at JMM. Speaking of the Lower East Side, I want to remind everybody that Hatzalah of the Lower East Side has its barbecue happening this coming Sunday. Everyone's invited to the Ornstein Building. Uh, this coming Sunday, a special Akaris Atov Award being given to Aaron Katz, ES26. Mazal Tov to him. Um, you can uh, get your reservations in by uh, going to uh, leshatzalah.org, leshatzalah.org. And uh, again... Mazaltov to Aaron Katz. Don't forget the FIDF dinner in New Jersey is this coming Sunday, 5 p.m. at the Teaneck Marriott. Um FIDF.org slash NJ Gala. FIDF.org slash NJ Gala. Um and I I I note with sadness the passing of um Dan Fullop, husband of Alyssa and father of Alexis and Amber. Uh, Dan is the brother of our good friend, the mayor of Jersey City, Mr. Stephen Fulop, and it was with um, great shock that we learned of his passing. Our condolences to his entire family, of course. Funeral's taking place later today in New Jersey, and based on the schedule, it looks like I will not be back in time to visit the family, but I do want to extend my condolences and all of our condolences. And... um our hearts and thoughts are with the Fulop family at this time. Our condolences from all of us here at JM and the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos with candle lighting at 611. Again, we bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Chodesh Mar Heshvan is Tuesday and Wednesday. Monday's Columbus Day. Some people may have the day off. We do not. We'll be in Jerusalem, and I hope you'll join us by tuning in to JM and the AM Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday for our shows from Israel. This time each and every Friday morning, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present... Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning.
10: Nachum. Good morning. Shabbos, everybody. Wow. Shabbos, Tashem. We have the privilege of starting Torah once again. And According to the Chinuch in Pasha's Berechias we have one mitzvah the mitzvah of Vu, literally to have Jewish children and I say it like that initially the mitzvah was to have children and now our rabbis tell us the mitzvah is to raise them as Jewish children Pasha's Berechias spans the first Thousand years of civilization, and we end the parsha with Noach on the scene. I'd like to focus this morning on the opening Rashi, on the opening word of the Torah, Bereshis, and Amar Rabbi Yitzchak. Some say that Rashi, which is an acronym for Reb Shlomo Yitzchaki. Meaning, Reb Shlomo, the son of Yitzchak, that maybe he's quoting his father, but whoever the Reb Yitzchak is, Reb Yitzchak taught the following Reb Yitzchak says, wait a minute, the Torah is our constitution, and therefore the Torah should begin with The second book, chapter 12, which begins with the first mitzvah that was given to the Jewish people as a people in Egypt already, namely the Jewish calendar. And therefore he goes on, umatam posach veberashis. Why do we need the entire book of Berashis? Why do we need the account of the seven days of creation? Well. You'll tell me that's a very important point, and the answer to that is that come on, every Shabbos, when we recite the Shamru, we are told Kishesh Ki Yomim Oso Hashem Oretz. God created heaven and earth. And so we know that God is the creator, and He rested. On the seventh day. We're told this already. Why all the particulars? And specifically, why are we told about the ovos and the relationship to the land? And what is the answer? Mishum koach masov Higidla amo lo lohem nachalas goyim. Rashi quotes from Tilden 111, verse 6, that the, literally, strength of his actions he revealed to his people in order to give them, literally, the inheritance of nations. She'im yomru umosa olam. If the nations of the world should say to the Jewish people, listematem. You are bunch of robbers shekvashtem artzos shiva goyim you have taken unlawfully the lands of seven nations haymum rimlahem the jewish people have what to answer berachus kol or shel kolish baruch the entire world belongs to god hobraah he created the world Vinasna and He gave it Lasher Yashab Enov to whomever was fit in his eyes. No, it was his will. Nitno Lahem, he gave it to them, Ubirtsono, and in accordance with his will, Mehem, Vinitsno Lano. He took it from them and he gave it to us. The first point I believe is very, very significant. The Pasuk reads, Come on. His shlita, his control over nature, he revealed to his people. On one level, you might say to yourself that if we were to simply tell the rest of the world you know what our claim to the land of Israel is? It's the first verse of the Bible. It's the first book of the Bible. Boratius is our deed to the land of Israel. Are they going to accept it? So before we answer that question, I'd like to suggest that this is being addressed to each and every Jew. Too many Jews believe that which the rest of the world says to us, listematem, that you are robbers and you are thieves. And therefore, the Torah tells us in a most positive, affirmative way, you should know, beratius, Elokim, there is a creator. The world is his. And he gave it to them, unfortunately, as we read and read on Yom Kippur afternoon at the end of the parsha of Arayos, Vatoki, that the land literally vomited them out, expelled them because of their immoral behavior. And the Torah warns that we are to watch our ways, and if not, it will happen to us, and indeed it did. But... Very, very important. Keep in mind, and this will bring us to the next point, that the land of Israel has a divine connection with the Jewish people. The best proof for almost 2,000 years when we were in exile, as the Torah says in the third book, chapter 26, verse 32, and this is worth bringing the Chumash to your table tonight. Once again, in chapter 26, verse 32, God promises, I will make the land desolate when you are not there, and your enemies who will be living and trying to make a go of the land, what will it be for them? It will be desolate. Pinch yourself. This has happened. And therefore the land of Israel was waiting for the Jewish people for 2,000 years. So the first point is, to whom is this Rashi speaking? It's speaking first, and foremost to the Jewish people, that the Jewish people should know with a sense of pride, this is our land, it's just, and it's ethical, and as the Sefer, some Derek points out, Rabbi Simcha Ziskin Brody, who was the Mashkiach in Hebron Yeshiva, The book is called Sefer HaYashar, which means the book of the just. It begins with a just statement. It begins with an ethical statement that the land of Israel belongs to us. That's the first point. The second point, a bit stronger, I really believe that the Torah is not just speaking to us. But when Rabbi Yitzchak says it's speaking to the nations of the world, that's correct. The nations of the world accept the Bible. The nations of the world know Tanakh. They know what they call the Old Testament. They see in front of their eyes destiny taking place. They realize how special the land of Israel is and therefore if we live up to our Torah if we keep our Torah with a sense of pride they will listen and recognize because history as we mentioned before has proven us correct that the land belongs to us and finally I believe there's one more very significant point which needs to be made in conjunction with veracious. And that is, Rashi in the second Rashi says that the word baracious is not simply a measure of time that in the beginning of God's creating heaven and earth, but that the word baracious is actually giving us a reason, a cause, why did God create the world. So you should know that the Kabbalists say, Teva Hatov lehitiv." the nature of the Good One, capital G, capital O, is to give. God created a beautiful world to give to man. And unfortunately, as we read once again this past year on Shabbos, Chohammoed, Sukkos, we're told that Elohim Asa Esa Adam God made man straight, right? God made man good. But unfortunately, Hemo, Vikshu, Chishbonos Harbei Unfortunately, Chishbonos Rabbim This is the last verse of chapter 7 in Koheles All right? Hashem made man straight And unfortunately, man goes off On many different improper ways The idea, therefore, is There's a reason for this world The reason is Bereshis Bishvil Torah the Torah is called Reishas. Bishvil Yisrael, the Jewish people, are called Reishas. Be Reishas for the Torah, for the Jewish people, did God create the world? There's a reason for this world. And the idea is, it's so much more than, quote, eat, drink, and be merry. No, there's a purpose, there's a mission in life. Comes the opening word and the teachings of Rabbi Yitzchak and says that where is the ideal place for the observance of Torah and mitzvot, be in the land of Israel. Of course, we who still find ourselves now outside the land of Israel, of course we need yeshivos, of course we need pateknesios, of course we need mikvaos. of course we need and we need and we need. But we have to realize from the opening word of the Torah, where is home for the Jew? And that is a very Important lesson, because interestingly, points out, Shimshon Pinkus, If you look throughout the book of Bereishis, there's only a hint of Avram Avinu keeping Torah, but the Torah says in Parshas Chayesara, the Torah in extolling Avram Avinu, vayishmor mishmarti misvosai forgive me, it's in told Toldos but that's it but what you do find is Hashem promising the land to Abraham, Hashem promising the land to Yitzchak Hashem promising the land to Yaakov, why? because ultimately just as we say to a and HaRankalo you should be Zochet to build a bias, Ne'emon a true home in Israel, a home that's faithful, a home that has Shabbos, Kashrus, Yom, Taras, Hamishpacha, so too, the ideal place for the Jew, the Torah tells us, is Bereshis, the land, the world belongs to Hashem, and this land was chosen by Him for Reshis, for the Torah and the Jewish people. We should be privileged not only to, quote, visit, but to set our aspirations in the right direction as found in the opening word of the Torah. Shabbat Shalom to all.
3: (laughs) A odbehatcem
5: za hakinšu to peste. A sucha na duch, mną od pian dut, na kin,
3: že ja No, no, no. no.
5: Mannlichkeit und Ehr so vakoll mit la Shiva beta la lechp es mankomach ich gehen als mann in histerno kamf khazala da ha i
3: Porque
5: amor, paró, na kashim, paró, na
3: she hayak
5: been cool some of the
3: material
0: from Simcha Liners Project Relax Israeli edition. Speaking of Israel, we head to Israel this coming Saturday night, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, our broadcasts from the Holy Land. Make sure to be tuned in. Make sure to join us. Those of you who've seen the Nahum Single Network Facebook page, you've already seen that we have some impressive, very impressive guests scheduled for next week in Jerusalem. And um, we hope that continue to add to that list. And present really high quality, amazing shows with great information and wonderful people and personalities. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Tune in early Monday for the story behind this trip. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty fascinating, frankly. So early Monday morning, we'll have that for you, and of course, uh, all through the day, a lot of different things. We, uh, I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping Sunday night upon arrival to do some Facebook Live videos. Pay careful attention to the Malcolm Single Network. Facebook update page uh hoping to um have Naomi Nachman in Israel recording at least one um a table for two uh hope to do the live lunch that you'll hear uh, normally on Thursdays from Israel um in pre-recorded fashion uh Miriam Walach planning on doing a uh that's life special uh her broadcast for this coming Thursday from Israel um trying to think what else oh Yoni Pollack might actually have after further review from Israel which would be pretty cool um as the world of sports gets more and more interesting so uh, everybody out there make sure to be tuned in it should be a lot of fun it should be very informative and should really be amazing whenever we're able to bridge the gap between Israel and the uh, diaspora um it always ends up being a really good quality shows. Candle lighting at six eleven on this Erev Shabbos Parsh is bracious. We'll bench Rosh Chodesh tomorrow. Rosh Hodesh will be Tuesday. And Wednesday, we'll continue with brand new Ohad at JM in the AM.
1: Masem et soy masem ye halelu Is she Is she a
0: J.M. and the AM with brand new music from Ohad here at uh, J.M. and the AM. Table for two is coming up. Then the Arab Shabbos show with Mark Zamek brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Then the Arab Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Don't forget, we've got Harry Rothenberg's uh, Parsha vlog about Parsha's braces at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you very much to uh, Harry for that. And we broadcast from the Inbal Hotel Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. Get ready, everybody. It's going to be amazing and incredible, our journey to Israel time to say good Shabbos with journeys at JM and AM be Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world the web, on the web at on the Single Network, and of course in the beloved NSN app. And those brothers and sisters in Israel will be with you next week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, broadcasting from Israel. Make sure to be tuned in. Great weekend programming coming up. We'll start with Naomi Nachman coming up next with Table for Two. Mark Zomach and the Erev Shabbos show sponsored by Kedem. That's coming up between 10 and 1. Thank you to Harry Rothenberg, his Shabbos Bracious vlog at 1 p.m. Eastern time. After that, our Erev Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, single with Avrami. Sunday, Matis and J.M. Sunday beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. And of course, Monday morning. 6 a.m. Make sure to be tuned in. We'll be live from the Inbal Hotel in Jerusalem, Israel. Have a fabulous Shabbos, wonderful weekend. Till next week, Malcolm Segal reminding you remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.